Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. Uh, This is another journal episode that I'm doing from my car, driving around the beach road. Um, I like doing these. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on these. Uh, I just, I feel guilty when I do them because, you know, you guys are like, oh, you're funnier when you just be yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Um, And I also get self-conscious about the quality of the recording. I don't know. Anyway, um, but uh, today I'm going to talk about trauma. Um, I'm sorry I haven't been so diligent with these. It's just so hard. Um, Work is uh, physically, emotionally, mentally just a lot. And um, and I don't mean that like a way, but it's like, it just kind of is. I do an adventure therapy program with my friend Troy and, you know, we're running groups all day and I'm doing rapid resolution therapy with traumatized clients all day. And it just, eventually it's like, you know what? I get home and it's not even like, I, I don't think about it. It's that I just, I plop down and I'm like, I'm fucking tired. Um, I'm recently trying some nutritional things to help maybe give me more energy. Um, actually includes less caffeine to be honest. Um, but you know, um, trying to make an effort also, it also is going to help that, or it didn't help that I got addicted to vampire diaries. I didn't watch this when it was on. I watched one episode of it. It was the dumbest thing I ever saw. And then I couldn't stop. I don't know what happened. I have no idea. I feel like someone who tried crack once was like, next thing you know, I woke up and I was living in a refrigerator box behind a Sears. Like, I don't know. I just, but I'll tell you what, I got to season seven, episode 16. And I thought this is dog shit. And those of you that are familiar with the series, when they included the Huntress, Reyna, I was like, no, this, you've lost me. This is stupid. I don't need any shit. Um, yeah, there's eight seasons, Woody, including just these new pivotal people. Come on, you, you jump the, the shark, we're done. Um, and then somebody asked me, like, don't you want to know what happens? I'm like, some people died, some people lived, some people, I don't, that's all that matters. I don't care. Maybe I'll read a Wikipedia page about it. I have no idea. But anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I like doing these things, these driving ones. The problem also is that I talk so much about like stuff about the mind and trauma and things at work that when I sit down to do this, I'm like, there's nothing else to talk to you about. But then I realize you're not clients. (laughs) And I mean, some of you are, uh, or, or were, but it's like, why not just repeat it? Um, and then add, cause there is add the spiritual bend to it. Cause there is stuff at work that like, it's probably not great to get into that shit. You get into the weeds spiritually with people. I just kind of try to keep it clinical. Um, but there is always a spiritual component to stuff that in my opinion makes it make more sense. That's like the missing piece for understanding most of what we have considered this consensus reality is the spiritual component or the mystical component. You know, uh, if we just stick with things that our, you know, instruments and brains can understand, well then you you don't have much, right? It's just this big mystery. And I, I find that when something's mysterious, it's not pleasant, right? It's why I spend so much time at work explaining to people how their mind works and how their mind is putting reality together. And 
because I feel like, you know, for me, starting to understand that allowed things to make sense to me. Um, anyway, I felt less like a passenger in my own body. I was like, oh, so that's what's going on. It's like, you know, when like your car acts weird and you go to mechanic and they just go, oh, it's just the brake switch. You're like, oh, that's all it is. You know, or you go to the doctor and they're like, no, you just got to stop eating. I don't know, whatever the fuck you're eating. Um, anyway, uh, so trauma, uh, was what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, so, hmm. The word trauma is interesting because it's got a lot of cultural weight to it. Uh, People throw it around a lot. Um, But the reality is this, is that traumatic things can happen to us that don't necessarily traumatize us. And there can also be things that aren't traumatic that happen to us that definitely cause us to respond in a traumatized way. Um, That's why I like uh, the John Connolly uh, term... Um, stuck data. I am certified in what's known as rapid resolution therapy or RRT. It is um, essentially, and I'll just say this because I'm on the team, um, it's EMDR on steroids. Uh, What classically or typically takes EMDR eight to 12 sessions to accomplish, you can accomplish it in one session with RRT. I do it all the time. Um, RRT is not evidence-based, whereas EMDR is, but when EMDR started, it was not evidence-based. The reason RRT will be difficult to make evidence-based and accepted by insurance companies, which Connolly definitely could give a shit about that, um, is that it has no real protocols because you have to feel into the situation. Everyone is different. Every situation is different. And you have to go into it and feel into it. The two therapists that recommended that I get certified in it, they were like, this is right up your alley. You should do it. They're both certified in it. And one of them is a very good friend of mine. And she's like, I can't do it. She goes, I just, I can't open myself up like that to have it happen because I do have to get vulnerable. Um, You know, I've sat and cried doing it with so many clients and gotten teary eyed and whatever. Um, so that's what RRT is. Um, and it, it, it involves a lot of things. It involves neuro-linguistic programming. It involves dual attention stimulus. It involves, uh, bilateral stimulation. It involves breathing, breathworky kind of stuff. And uh, also a, I, it's, I wouldn't call it hypnosis, but it is a trance like focused state that you get put into. Um, at the end. So, um, you know, it's, so it's, it's tricky like that, but that's what I'm certified in. That's what I would like to, and there's actually a lot of facilities like the one that I work at that are starting to bill it as their main method of dealing with trauma, much to the dismay of, uh, therapists that are held by the balls, by the insurance companies and these EMDR therapists that really essentially got certified in EMDR because they could bill insurance companies and it was definite money. Also, RRT is a horrible business model because if you can fix something in one session, that's not going to be good. Um, but I've noticed that people privately that I sit with usually end up wanting me to work on other things as well or stuff comes up in their life and they just want to clear it. Um, 
and I'm not saying EMDR is bad. It's great. It's helped a lot of people. Um, unfortunately, it didn't help the people that came to me that did EMDR. Um, not all EMDR folks are created equal, just like not all RRT folks are created equal. Not all therapists are created equal. You know, you go to school, you repeat, you, you memorize the information, you repeat it to the right person, they give you a certificate, and now you're qualified to hold people's hearts in their hands, in your hands, that, you know, doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. So, um, just like you know, I can go get certified. It doesn't mean I'm going to be good at it. But for me personally, I'm very competitive and I want to be very good at things. I want to be very good at it and I never want to hurt anybody. So, you know, I'm someone who will take a hard case, sit with some, like I'd sat down with somebody one time that barely spoke English and only spoke Russian and Spanish. And we worked through it. Um, and he's still good. I keep track of a lot of my people that have sat with me. I keep track with them over the years to know that they're still good. So though there is no clinical research done on it, and when they try to do it, it usually gets fucked up. I'm doing my own. Trust me. Don't trust me. I don't care. I'm still going to be doing it. <laughs> um, anyway, so trauma as I, so this is my understanding of how it works. Um, a lot of people consider trauma to be a memory problem. Meaning that, so you have a subconscious mind uh, and a conscious mind, right? Your subconscious is outside of your conscious awareness. Typically speaking, the right side of the brain is all of your feelings. The left side is all of your logic. Um, some people debate that, but I do find myself when I ask somebody to pull up a traumatic memory in their mind's eye when they see it, I'll be like, point to it. Before our session, they will point to the right. It'll be very close to them in their mind's eye. Uh, after the session, it's usually way off to the left in the distance or way behind them, and it feels like it didn't even happen to them. Um, after a session, their nervous system is relaxed. A lot of times they say they feel lighter, they feel uh, calm. And that's because due to this idea of it being the trauma being a memory problem, remember what the mind perceives, what the mind remembers, what the mind thinks of, the body will feel. That being the case, if your subconscious mind is running this tape or this loop of this event that happened to you that was very traumatic, then your nervous system is responding to that event 365, 24-7. That makes sense, right? That it's just this constant thing and that's why you feel the way you feel. Um, so the idea of processing something is moving it from the right side of the brain to the left, putting it in a place in the brain where it no longer affects you. Um, my detractors, if you will, and I don't have many, but the ones that do, and you know who you are, you might even be listening to this, um, secretly, uh, say that I don't go deep enough and I don't push it down deep enough. And I actually will say that's nonsense. I actually do. We know for a fact that just bilateral stimulation alone will not, doesn't suppress the thing or fix it forever. But doing several different things, as I mentioned before, will. So um, so this thing's going in a loop in the right side of your brain, in your subconscious mind for, I don't know, sometimes 27 years. I think the longest someone had been living with a traumatic memory was 30 some years that I sat with. Um, 
and you move it and it no longer bothers them. The person I'm still in touch with that, that really was a long time ago, that, or that he lived with this thing for so long, I've been in touch with him over the years, he's still good. Um, yeah, so trauma's weird. Things happen to us. And now on a spiritual level, to kind of begin looking at this, something I have a problem with is when someone says to someone else that they chose that, that, you know, that your soul and their soul got together and they said, I'm going to do this horrible thing to you. And you're, and you said, yay. And that's, look, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's say it happened. Okay. Who cares? That's not going to help you now. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. Don't get into any of that shit. Just be here now. Do this. You know, dealing with it from a neurological, not even neurological, but to deal with it on the level that me or an EMDR person would be dealing with it is still spiritual. Your nervous system and the way your body manifests is a result of your subtle body and a result of your karma. So as you work these things out, that like you work them out through the nervous system, through three-dimensional reality, it does affect the subtle body and thus affects the way your body presents itself. Um, happens all the time. You know, I've had people that walked around with their shoulders hunched over and after we're done, they like walk upright. They, you know, they start to take care of themselves. They feel differently about themselves. Um, I think I'm going to uh, put, yeah, I want to I want to start to offer this to, to you guys. Um, I've done this through Zoom a lot. It does work through Zoom. Um, I'd always rather be in the room with you, hands down, just so I can feel your energy. But you know, it's not always the case, and I don't need to. Um, so I was gonna make a section of the website with, I've got stacks of like reviews and things that people have said over the years. And, you know, so you guys aren't just blindly taking my word for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I want to be an offering it. Um, the way I see it as it working with the karma is that if your body can feel differently, if your nervous system can feel differently, then you will make different decisions. And when you make different decisions, you begin to cleanse karma, you begin to clear things out, which is what you would say clinically is cognitive behavioral therapy. What your therapist calls CBT, I call karma. Um, what you do, the behaviors you have reinforce how the subconscious mind is putting reality together. So to use myself as an example, from kindergarten to seventh grade, I was abused in my church and my school. So my subconscious mind built a reality that was based on adversaries and threats. That subconscious uh, programming, that well, that operating system, led to conscious thoughts that were not pleasant. It was that the, that this motherfucker here is trying to fuck me over. This, the world's shit. Yada yada yada. That makes my body feel a kind of way, right? because these events are stuck in my mind. My conscious thoughts are reinforcing that stuff. And now I'm behaving in a way, I'm acting in a way that is supporting that stuff as well. So my behaviors and my thoughts are reinforcing my karma. Makes sense. Um, that's more of a question. Does it make sense? Not that you can answer me, but um, hopefully that does make sense. That what I'm doing, right, 
and, and I'm reinforcing the fear in my mind that I'm not safe because I'm doing things to reinforce that idea. Um, you know, right now in relationship with somebody, I'm doing things to reinforce that I am safe, that this is okay, et cetera, et cetera. So you're trying, this is the whole idea of cleansing karma. This is why the human birth is so important. And this is also why the intellect is just below soul. The reason the intellect is just below the self, if you had like it layered, is because the intellect allows you to create space and go, hold on a second, this doesn't make sense. Or wait a minute, I'm going to choose to respond this way. And, you know, that's how you can, you know, clear a lot of that stuff. But a lot of things are just, so what happens really with trauma is that the, you know, if you think of it as stuck data, then say this data pack, right? Think of an event as a data pack is too, it's got too many megabytes, gigabytes, it's terabytes worth of information and you don't have the storage space for it. So your machine gets stuck and it's really about taking that information and getting rid of the files that we don't need, keeping the files that we do need. The mind holds on to things of value and it releases things without value. Those of you that have done RRT with me, your ears just perked up. Think about it now, right? Since if a lot of you have done this with me. And so when we start to think about getting rid of these files we don't need, keeping the files we do need, the mind will do that. You don't have to do it. The mind, the mind will do it. Your subtle body will take care of it. But the conscious mind, all the chitter-chatter and the nonsense, has to get out of the way for a little bit. Um, so, you know, uh, that's how we put that all together. Um, yeah, the mind holds on to things of value, releases things without value. So you get this, dat this giant data pack, get rid of the files that you don't need, or the mind will rather get rid of it that the files that you don't need. The files that are necessary will be kept and then everything will run smoothly. So that's a way to look at this, a, a way to look at these trauma, uh, these traumatic experiences, stuck data. Um, now, when it comes to looking at these things as um, like, what would the spiritual component of this be? Well, um, I don't really like to get into it, honestly. I think that to see it as punishment or whatever, that, that gets a little wild, gets a little crazy. Um, again, what, what's going to help you? How is, how is that going to serve you? You know, it's like when people do this past life regression stuff, well, how's that going to help you? You know, personally, I don't think it's past life. I think some of it's currently or, you know, it's happening on a different timeline or a different plane, you know, that a soul spins out several different incarnations at one time. And the Keith are incarnations maybe running at the same time as the Sally incarnation on some other plane or some other channel, some other dimension. Um, and I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. Even if let's say something horrible happens on the Sally to the Sally incarnation and affects the Keith incarnation, doesn't matter. I still have to deal with it as Keith, right? Um, if Sally drowns and suddenly I'm afraid of water, I still got to deal with it as Keith. Somebody go, oh, you're Sally, the Sally incarnation drowned. And now it's like, okay, well, fucking now what? Um, 
That may have sounded crazy for some of you, and some of you said, oh, that makes sense. So um, the, another uh, thing I'd like to add in here is the idea of grace. Um, grace classically is anything, a favor bestowed unto us by God that we don't deserve. Um, a favor, something that maybe makes it easier to live, you know, um, sorry, on a horribly bumpy little road right now. You'd think with the, man, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to start old man corner about taxes in Palm Beach County. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so no one will change anything. No one will improve. People don't do things to improve themselves until shit goes wrong. Right? Um, people don't get healthy until they become unhealthy. People don't uh, fix things until they break. Uh, you aren't going to read self-help books because you're doing well. Right? I've spent a lot of times in a lot of spiritual circles and there's not a lot of you know, I mean, no one ended up there because shit was going well. It's like, you know, things are going so well. I think I'd really like to double down on this and go to church or satsang or whatever the fuck. You know, like nobody does that. Right. I didn't get into this shit because I'm well adjusted and I was fucking born with coping skills. And I just thought, you know, it'd be really great if I just learned more about this. That's not what happened. In fact, you'll notice that because you don't get deep into your spiritual practice until shit goes sideways. Because once you get blissed out, you stop doing it. Or you're doing it because you want to maintain that blissed out feeling, which is also sick. Um, yeah. So, anyway. So grace is a shit sandwich. Grace is difficulty. Grace is hardship. Grace is suffering. Suffering is grace. I am experiencing the life that I'm experiencing right now, and I love it. I'm, I'm literally, this is the best time of my life. Um, and it's, I feel like if you're going to jog with your stroller against traffic, two hands and don't be wibble wobbly. Okay. If you're doing that, two hands, pay attention, leave your fucking phone alone. Um, so I'm experiencing just, I'm very happy. I'm 46. I've never felt better. I've never been in better shape. Um, I've never been happier. And not pleasure, but happiness, like real happiness, contentment. Um, doesn't mean I don't get angry, and it doesn't mean that I don't have a bad time, and it doesn't mean people don't lie, and it doesn't mean I'm not going to get sick. I'm just saying that things are good. <clears throat> um, but I didn't get here without everything else that happened. None of you did. Some of you that are experiencing the best time of your life, you know, that saying that someone like Ramdas would use, that it's all grist for the mill, it's very real. You know, it's all grist for the mill. It all goes in that stew. It's all, it's all part of the recipe. You know, if you think of your life in, the, in that sense, it's like, yeah, there's some bitter ingredients in there and there's some really sweet ingredients in there. And it all matters, you know. Um... You know, it's like something, you're making a soup and it's like, you know, you pour this seasoning into the palm of your hand and lick it. It's like not pleasant, but when you add it to all these other things, it's awesome. 
Um, that being said, so, well, one way to, so think of it like this. So my parents, um, they put me in this situation. You know, we all have got multiple shitty things that happen to us, right? There's layers. Um, my parents were both abused and by, not by their parents, but by other people. And they put me in the school church situation I was in because they thought I'd be safe. You know, they certainly didn't do it because they didn't think, you know, as they wanted something bad to happen to me. They did what they did because of their abuse. And then I got abused. And the reality is, is that I wouldn't do the work that I do and help the people I help and have the effect that I've had on people without that. So if I've helped you, like you have to thank them, right? You have to thank Pastor Ron. <laughs> you have to thank Carol. You have to thank, uh, what's that other bitch's name? Um, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that being said, it doesn't mean I'm glad that those things happen. I think everybody should go through that. No, I don't think that at all. But it happened. And here we are. Now what? You start asking yourself, now what, with a lot of things, you get a lot of answers. Because most of the time, there's nothing to do. It's like, well, now what? I don't know. Keep going. Work with it. So in a lot of ways, I see those things that occurred as grace. That was grace. Um, and it's a hard place to get to. I understand that. It took me a long time to get there. But again, it doesn't mean that I wish it on anybody and I'm not proud of myself for, you know, having that happen to me and I'm not glad they did it. It's just, it happened, you know, and, and I don't get into like whether my soul and their souls had an agreement. I don't get into that shit. It doesn't matter. I have to deal with it on this plane, from this body, from this birth, from this incarnation. I have to work with it through that way, right? Um, somebody that uh, did similar work on me that I do with people was a Prem. Prem helped me with a lot of that. Um, yeah, what's really interesting though, to close this out, is <clears throat> recently my cousin asked me if I'd ever told anybody what happened to me. And I shocked myself by saying no. And it's very strange considering what I do for a living, but no, I've never told anybody. And it, I, I'm not even really sure why I never told anybody. Um, I've told people one or two things, easy things, right? But, you know, when she asked me that, I started thinking. I was like, when I think about the things that happen, the actual events, my nervous system doesn't respond. It's like, yep, it happened, right? What's interesting is when I think about sharing those events with people, my nervous system does respond and I needed to take a look at that. So what I did is I thought about it. I pulled it up, ruminated on telling somebody and then I registered like right now I'm thinking about it. Where do I feel it? My body, I feel it. My lower abdomen, I feel it. My stomach. That leads me to believe that there is a visceral fear for my well-being tied to this thought. Well, why would I, what am I afraid of? That's the next question. So when I asked myself, what am I afraid of? The answer was, I'm afraid 
that I will be seen as weak. Not soft, not wimpy, but weak. And I took that concern to my friend Chris that I work with. He's an amazing therapist. Uh, the best ball buster I know. Um, and I brought that to him. And he, uh, he was like, well, that's ridiculous. You're a child. And I was like, yeah, that's what's so weird about it. And we started peeling it apart. Like, why weak? What is it? What am I afraid of? What's the weakness? What's the thing? And then we got to this place where he goes, it's sympathy. You don't want sympathy. And I thought about that and I was like, I don't. And then based on some things I said, he goes, you don't fully understand the difference in sympathy and empathy. That's the problem. And I was like, don't I? I thought I did. So he turned on, if you really know me, you'll know why this is funny, but he turned on a Brene Brown cartoon on the difference in sympathy and empathy. And I watched this and it made so much sense. And he was right. I don't want sympathy. I'm afraid you're going to be sympathetic instead of empathetic. I'm afraid you're going to go, oh, but you know what? It's okay because look at this. Or, oh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's, that's, that really sucks. But man, if it hadn't been for this, which is what I was just talking about. And it's fine for me to do that with me, but I don't want you doing it with me. I don't want you to go, oh, you know, but maybe write a gratitude list. Oh, be grateful about this though. Oh, maybe that happened. But, but you know, this is really good too. I don't want you to do that. Shut the fuck up. I want you to hold space and go, wow, that's fucked. Okay. It's fucked. You know? Um, and still right now, like I still have a tightness around saying what happened, you know, and I pull people up in my mind close to me. Like, could I tell this person? And the answer is no. can't. Uh, I think of like telling Troy everything that happens. Like, I can't do that. I can't. I just can't. I, I, and it's for the reason I said, I think of people close to me that love me. I'm like, no, couldn't tell them. I won't tell them. And then somebody might say, well, that's what your therapist is for. But the thought of telling a therapist I'm okay with but I don't want them giving me advice afterwards. You have nothing for me. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel about it. You don't have anything to add to this. It would literally be me just saying it out loud to somebody. Maybe I can do it in the, like a, alone. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. And I don't know that I, and, you know, to be honest, I don't know what I would like, how I would benefit from that. I don't know. I guess I'd have to do it to find out. I mean, what the good thing about what I do, which is what Prem did with me. So with, with what I do, RRT, you don't have to tell me what happened. All you need to do is remember it. I'll do my thing, you do your thing. And that's how this works. You don't have to, same thing with EMDR, you wouldn't necessarily have to tell anybody what happened. Um, and with Prem, I didn't tell her what happened. She just, we just went over it and she did what she did and I pulled the memories up and now I don't feel anything when I bring them up which is good because now I'm not responding to these things in the back of my mind and which now in the world I feel safe in the world I feel secure in the world I don't you know 
have any weird irrational responses to things. No, not because of that. Now my weird irrational responses are for totally different reasons. Um, anyway, uh, I hope this was helpful. Um, if you're interested in uh, doing a Zoom with this, um, let me know. If you have any ideas for a Patreon where maybe it's like a one-on-one thing, maybe a facilitated group, I don't know. Just give me your feedback. Um, let me know what you think. Uh, book three is on its way. I'm very, very happy about it. Couldn't be happier. Um, take a look. at I get the new shirt, the Illuminati member shirt, which I love. I've gotten some idiotic emails and DMs about it. Um, keep them coming. You're an idiot. Uh, I appreciate, but I appreciate that you're this crazy. I love it. Um, yes, and yes. If you're listening to this right now, I am. Uh, I am a devil worshiper. This is fully satanic. Um, and, and it is satanic in the Anton LaVey sense of Satanism. Yes. Yes. Please see it that way. Um, I'm a reptile and I'm very upset that my reptile queen, Queen Elizabeth has passed away. I don't know what the horde of reptiles are going to do now. I guess we'll figure something out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, join the Illuminati, get yourself a shirt Um, (laughs) I love you guys. And if, you know, holler at me, we're old friends. We've been doing this forever. Right now we're just doing it like this. Um, some of you know for a fact that if you send me your phone number, we're probably going to talk. Uh, so call me. I love you. Bye.